Do therapists have a role in managing reflux? That's what we're talking about today on The Working Therapist. Welcome to The Working Therapist, a podcast designed to help you grow in your therapy practice. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. Now here are your hosts, Hayden Bolick and Kirsty Miles. Hey, I hope you're doing great today. We're excited about spending some time with you during this episode of The Working Therapist. We are actually talking about reflux today. It's not just for the speech therapist. We are going to talk about reflux and the impact of reflux and what a physical therapist needs to know, what an occupational therapist needs to know, what a speech therapist needs to know, and results of a baby having reflux, ways that it can impact other parts of the body and the system and that kind of thing. So when I say it's not just for a speech therapist, what I mean by that is it's not just a feeding issue. There's other things that when a child is diagnosed with reflux and it's not treated, there's some other issues that can come up as a result, not just feeding problems. We're talking about some of the feeding stuff today, but also why it's important for a physical therapist to pay attention to reflux and an occupational therapist. So to get us started, first, what is reflux? First, I think everybody needs to hear Hayden's oh, story. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a definite mom story as related to reflux. So I had my daughter when I'd been working as a therapist long enough for a very long time. <laughs> so for a very, very, very long time. I mean, I was in my late 30s when I had her. So I had been working as a therapist since I was like 22. So I'd been working for a while. I'd worked with a lot of babies with reflux, <laughs> seen a lot of preemies who had reflux, I'd been worked working in the a, NICU. A lot with feeding with reflux, worked in the NICU. That was a regular part of my daily work life, right? So when I go home and I'm her mom, I'm her mom. I'm not really a therapist anymore. So I came home from work and she had just been fed by the babysitter and I took her upstairs and I laid her on her diaper changing table and she turned beet red and then she started to arch her back. I kind of forgot everything I really knew at all and called the pediatrician and I let them know that we were on our way to the doctor and I sounded very panicked because I said this child is having seizures and she's having seizures. She's having a seizure right now. Now she's beet red and she's arching her back when changing her diaper. That's all that's happening right now but I decided that she was having a seizure and that we were coming to the office right now and we had to be seen that minute and God bless their hearts but they let us come in immediately I went busting in that pediatrician's office. Bless her heart. They're still, by the way, our pediatrician. Thank goodness they didn't kick me out. <laughs> Anyhow, so I went in there. I saw the pediatrician. They got me back there immediately. I probably looked like I was flipping a wig. No telling what I looked like. I did remember to bring her with me to the appointment, which was good because it was really about me and flipping out at that moment. The pediatrician walked in there. As soon as he walked in the door, I can remember his face so well because I said, look, this baby is having seizures. This is what she's doing. I laid her on a table and she turned beet red, arched her back, taking her arms and they got real stiff and and we're going to need to be life-flighted to Duke right now. I've already got the babysitter at home. She's planning on staying late. I've already called my husband. I've already packed our bags. They're in the car. We're ready to go right now. <laughs> he looked at me and he goes, okay. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, medicate this, medicate this woman and do not send this baby home with her. Lord knows. But he goes, okay. So before we go to call the helicopter, <laughs> he goes, why don't we consider reflux? And, and, and when he said that, there was a tidal wave of, oh, yeah. I could almost like visualize the tidal wave of like, oh, yeah, 
my reflux, it all sort of came back like whoosh right over top of me. And I was like, and so then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, Hayden, you are crazy. <laughs> and so you are crazy. You're certifiable. And everybody in this office is talking about the fact that you're certifiable right now. And he's like, oh my Lord, you're flipping a wig because all of what I knew to be true kind of whew, came over me all of a sudden. I'm thinking, I'm having a real, I'm losing it kind of thing. And I thought, I've got to save face in some way, shape, or form. And he also refers patients to us on a regular basis, you know, so it's not just a mom, but like as a practice owner, he's like, this woman's nuts. So I said, okay, well, we can consider that. I don't think we should rule out the seizures, you know, but let's just talk about reflux for just a minute. And so I was like, but because I still have my bags in the car and don't think I won't use them. I'll use them. I'll get on a helicopter and we'll be up there by nightfall tonight. And so for reflux. <laughs> we could consider it. And, so, and, and to his credit, he has never reminded me of that incident. Maybe he just, he wants to block that. Because <laughs> I was like, as soon as he hit that door, he hadn't even closed the door. You know how they use a the hand sanitizer on the way in. He still had a palm full of hand sanitizer. He had opened the door. I said, look, she's having seizures. <laughs> I've packed my bags. The babysitter's are staying late. The bags are in the car. We're going to life flight to Duke right now. Now I'm showing him a baby that's perfectly pink and happy and sitting in her little carrier. And he's like, that baby? <laughs> like, uh-huh. She's the one. She's having a seizure. It just happened a minute ago. <laughs> Like, that's actually, that's what I was like. You should have seen it. So now that you have your mind about you, Hayden, what is reflux? (laughs) Reflux is when the baby eats. The food comes back up the esophagus and then causes like a burning sensation. So they get food that comes back up and acid from the stomach that comes back up. And the baby can throw up or it can just come up to the top of the esophagus and cause like burning and stuff. So you may see it or you may not see it. But one of the common indications that a baby is having reflux is especially if you lay them flat right after they've eaten, you know, then they can arch their back, turn red, their arms can go stiff, they can make little fists, their legs can be stiff, and they can also be extremely fussy. Two of my four people had pretty bad reflux. So that's all common symptoms that you can yes. see yeah. with yeah. reflux. And Obviously, like the arching would be concerning, the posturing of any sort, because it can also mimic symptoms of things like seizures. (laughs) I thought so (laughs) at the moment, yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And you also mentioned in your description what might be considered a silent reflux. It can also come out of the nose, too. I didn't say that, but it can come out of the nose, the mouth, like you're throwing up, or it can be silently reflux, like what you said. Sorry, go ahead. So with the silent reflux, you know, you might see them cry, like they might be eating and just start crying in the middle of a feeding, which is not typical behavior. Babies are pretty happy eating. Yes, yes, they are. They are happy, yep. So they shouldn't be fussy when they're eating. They shouldn't be like not wanting to eat. And sometimes what that looks like is you can tell the baby's super hungry, but when you go to put the bottle in their mouth, they just kind of don't really like latch onto the bottle or if they're breastfeeding, they don't latch onto the breast. So they just kind of moving the bottle in their mouth and they're you know, shaking their head back and forth. I see that a lot and they just don't want to latch on, but they're hungry. So they need to eat, but babies don't do what doesn't feel right. And so they're like, no, this hurts. I eat and then I have pain. And they're like, no, I'm not going to do these two things together, but they still need to eat. So then a lot of times you can get them latched on, but it's kind of like a battle, a fight, you know, that kind of thing. And you can eventually get them there because biology is going to take over and they're going to eat, you know, and they've got the whole, the sucking reflex. So it's going to happen because usually there's nothing wrong with the sucking reflex and the oral motor mechanism. There's nothing wrong with the eating thing. They just don't want to do it because it hurts. So they've associated hurt with eating. 
you know, they don't want to do those two things. And it can happen all the way through like bottle feeding, food to everything. I mean, of the two that I had that had bad reflux, it affected every part of our life until we got medication. Like it was a pretty miserable experience for them. And obviously it was for me as well. Uh, well, I often hear people use the word, oh, I have a colicky baby. Mm-hmm. And you can have a colicky baby without it being reflux, but it could be reflux. But it could be. Yeah. Because the colic is very normal. You know, it just happens to some babies. I had one that did that too. Not the reflux babies, but another one. But maybe now you have reflux. Who knows? But you can have just a colicky baby, but you also can have the reflux. So a lot of times babies with reflux, other symptoms that you can notice is, you know, they don't ever want to be put down. You know, they want to be held all the time. You are their pacifier, meaning like you comforting them. They might take a pacifier when I say you're their pacifier, but you're the person who kind of gets them calmed down. They just have trouble settling. They are just fussy all of the time. They may throw up a lot. They may not throw up a lot. I've seen and had both of those types and I've seen a variety of that types and they're just fussy a lot of the time. A lot of times in the world of occupational therapy, physical therapy too, early infancy, they learn self-soothing. They should. So sometimes we might get a referral for a baby that appears colicky, fussy, unable to self-soothe. So it's really, really important that not just speech identifies the symptoms of reflux, but also occupational and physical therapy. It's pretty obvious why speech would get a referral for a baby having reflux because speech works on feeding needs. So usually what we'll see is, for you listening as a speech therapist, sometimes I've seen this on doctor's order, mom reports not enough bottles or you know won't transition off the bottle, not taking enough food during the day, fussy eater, failure to thrive, won't transition to from stage one baby food to stage two and three or table food. So all those are types of words I see or types of things I see on doctor's orders that we get for feeding evals that I've seen for the last 23, 30 years. I've been doing this at PET for 23 years, but prior to that. So, and I know, Hayden, while we're talking about speech therapy, PT, we had a child on caseload and they mimic some signs that could have been reflux type Mm -hmm. symptoms. Mm -hmm. So obviously we made a referral to speech therapy and you came into that session for that particular child and it happened to be there were food allergies. So switching the formula was an avenue of intervention. Mm -hmm. But again, that's not PT's realm necessarily to start switching foods and formulas, but being able to recognize signs and symptoms that could possibly mimic reflux, cause reflux, you found the root cause. Or it can be reflux versus a food allergy. And I would never switch a formula either without consulting the pediatrician, you know, to say, hey, would you consider this baby's on a milk-based formula, consider a soy-based formula, or, you know, there's lots of different formulas out there now. But I always, always do that in conjunction or with mm-hmm. the pediatrician who ultimately is going to make the referral and switch the type of formula. But it's really easy to do. I've never had a situation where with a pediatrician, I've done this so many times where they've ever said, no, let's not do that because it's so simple to try. It. And it's immediate. You know it works because it's immediate if you switch from a milk-based formula and then you switch to a soy-based formula. The results, if that's the problem, it's like poof, like you're like a magic wand. But that's one thing. So you might not even be experiencing reflux in that situation. They just might be throwing up because they're allergic to milk. Well, and some of the other things you would see to be able to distinguish between the two, you might see some skin reactions. Yes. So you kind of can look for other things to they point could you in be, that direction. And 
and older kids, but sometimes in babies too. I've seen a, a lot of babies who get like little red patches that maybe they're allergic to milk. I've seen sometimes where babies will get, or older kids more get like sort of gray black under the eyes or dark in circles under the eyes. You know, if it's really bad, I've seen this in a lot of older kids. It almost looks like they have a black eye, but I've mostly in babies seen where they'll have little skin patches, little red patches. They'll get little red bumps sometimes maybe on their skin. Eczema. They'll get eczema, like really flaky skin. I've seen all that is related to milk allergy. And I always call the pediatrician, talk to them about it. And usually the worst thing that happens is you try it and it doesn't make a difference. Or you try it and it does make a difference. So it's not a big deal to switch from a milk-based to a soy-based formula. And the reason I say soy-based is because that's usually the first thing they try, you know, because they're also so available and out there. But we do that for a potential allergy or potential reflux because sometimes it helps with both. So From a physical therapy standpoint, we often begin treating the babies. We're usually the first in because lack of head control, muscle tone. Typically, a baby's going to progress through gross motor milestones before they're holding a pen. So (laughs) makes sense that we're going to see them for PT (laughs) before OT. PT is usually the first one. (laughs) They're moving before they're talking. And if you think about all those preemies you've seen, usually a lot of preemies, especially if they're a certain age, they're going to just automatically be referred for PT for lots of reasons. So really PT is going to see, because those babies tend to have a lot of reflux. Preemies, not all. Well, they do. And so some of the different things we see when we get a referral or clue into, I mean, I always keep reflux as a question kind of in my history taking when I evaluate because a baby with torticollis, if I, through asking further questions, find out that there is a history of reflux, you can have severe reflux with torticollis because if you think about it, what you described in the beginning when we started talking was it's a burning sensation. It's the acid coming up through the esophagus. Mm -hmm. That's uncomfortable. So what do you do in an uncomfortable situation? You try to physically get away from it. So if a baby is trying to get away from reflux, like I can't even sit still doing it because they're arching their head is going back to one side. They're rotating to one side. They're trying to get away from that sensation naturally because just like babies have reflexes to keep them safe, we also try to get away from unsafe things. So it's painful. So we're going to try and get away from it. So they move in these patterns. Well, if you have severe reflux and it's untreated and unmanaged medically and we keep having this acid burning in our throat and we keep posturing in these positions to try and get away from the pain, we end up with torticollis, which it can actually be diagnosed as Sandifer syndrome, hmm. which is severe reflux that results in torticollis. Hmm. Well, in that... Huh. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it a handful of times. The first time I got the referral was from a pediatrician over in Southern Pines, and it opened my eyes. You know, I had multiple phone calls with her and discussions, and she educated me a lot on the medications that they were using. And as a PT, we can treat torticollis all day long, but if they're eating six, seven, eight times a day, every and three hours, positioning in these patterns mm-hmm. every time they eat, mm-hmm. what good is my stretching going to do? six, seven, eight times a day, I'm just battling this acid. You do the stretching and it just goes right back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not going to make progress. And if I'm asking about reflux, I might monitor it over a couple of sessions. But if we're not seeing some dramatic improvement within just a couple of sessions, 
then we're going to talk, okay, we need to get with a pediatrician. This has to be medically managed so that we can make progress. Well, and so if you think about it, we talked about how the PT is usually the first person that's seeing a lot of these babies because a lot of the preemies are low tone, you know, or a lot of the babies that you see are initially when maybe floppy or they're coming in because... Or they could be high tone. They could be, but usually tone is involved in the mm-hmm. referral with a baby. And so if you think about it, the upper esophageal sphincter is a muscle. And so if the rest of the body is low tone, then that's also going to be low tone, which is potentially why they're experiencing some of that reflux because the upper esophageal sphincter is not staying closed. And so when the food hits the stomach, then it's coming back up because it's just a muscle. And so if the rest of the muscles are weak or low tone, there you go. Think syndromes, Down syndrome, low muscle tone. If you have low muscle tone, Yep. Your GI tract is not going to be high muscle tone. No, 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 no. <laughs> It's going to fall in line with your the Everything muscles else. of the body because yep. it too is a muscle. Yeah, so think about those babies who it takes a long time for them to eat because usually babies get good at taking a bottle quickly because they do it, like you just said, eight, ten times a day, right? Every two to three hours or eating a bottle. So they get good at it quickly. But if it's taking them you know, 30 minutes or more to take a bottle, you know, there could be some muscle weakness in that too, which then again, if it's in the mouth, it's in the rest of the body, it's definitely in the GI tract. I don't assume they have reflux, but I start to suspect strongly. And sometimes you could see cyclical reflux. So mm. they go through periods of growth spurts where they're taking in more volume Right. that their right. stomach has to grow and expand too. So if we're putting more in because we're going through a growth spurt, we could see that. And now we're PT, so we're moving. Yep. So, oh, hey, yeah, they just had lunch and their appointments after lunch. Just things to consider. It's not always a, hey, we need to refer back to the doctor, but asking the question. And I have seen it where sometimes the child will be on reflux meds, and we're going to talk about that in a second, and then they get better. And then they go through like a growth spurt and they start taking more, but they're really, their body's not ready for it. And then they start experiencing some of those reflux. So they have to be put back on the reflux meds. So it's just something to think about because nobody really wants to put their baby on medicine, but it helps so much. You just want to think about that too, because they do. I've seen actually that a lot when babies who are G-tube fed or a failure to thrive, if they put a G-tube in a child, which we try to avoid that at all costs. But anyway, sometimes it happens, but I'll see that when they start to pump up the volume to try to get this baby to gain weight or get a child to gain weight. I'll see the reflux happen too because the stomach's just not able to take it in. It's, not ready for that. it's just like, whoo, wow. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. For more information or to contact us, visit us online at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 